0: Hello Hawks fans and welcome to another episode of the KettleCast with your host Forrest Willoughby. On this episode of the cast we're talking about the Hawks 90-99 loss to the New York Knicks. The Hawks get a huge game from Trey Young but lose Bogdan Bogdanovich and Cam Reddish in this game and are unable to come back and get a win. The seven game win streak ends and the Knicks get a big win in Atlanta. Without further ado let's get into it. Not how you want the seven-game win streak to come to an end, but the Hawks fall to the Knicks, 90-99, back at State Farm Arena, but on the second night of a back-to-back, the Knicks were also coming off a back-to-back. They had just been beat soundly by the Suns, and this was a game that I'm sure both teams had marked on the calendar. This was the first matchup of the Hawks and Knicks since the first round of last season's playoffs, and... The Hawks came out, and by the end of this game, it just looked like they were tired. The Hawks never really got going. Um, during this win streak, the Hawks have averaged over 100 points a game, and they would fall well short of that, and it just never got going. There, The Hawks never got easy offense, and the Knicks did a nice job of changing up um, kind of the pace that they played at. They shot the ball pretty well and were able to get a win in Atlanta. This was an interesting game just because it started with the Hawks' did not have an Kangwu and DeAndre Hunter. The Knicks announced that they would not have Kimball Walker, Josh awesome. Gibson, Nerlens Noel, or Derrick Rose for this game. So they were going to be quite shorthanded, and they elevated Alec Burks to the starting point guard position. And that was an area I thought that the Knicks took advantage of by having Alec Burks really attack whoever was defending him, whether that be Trey Young, Lou Williams later in the game, but the Knicks were able to use their bigger guards and really get into the paint. This was a game where the Knicks really dominated the points in the paint. They outscored the Hawks 48 to 38 there. And that was no mistake or coincidence. The Knicks were trying to get into the paint and their guards were able to do that, whether it was RJ Barrett, uh, Fournier, or Alec Burks. But this was a game that started out and the Hawks were hot to start the game. They were actually able to get a 17 to 12 lead in the first quarter after back to back Trey floaters. Trey had a wonderful game. He was kind of the Hawks that really kept them in it. And at the end of the second quarter, he would kind of go on his own run. But the end of the first quarter, it would be 28 to 27 Knicks. And it kind of just felt like that. The Knicks kind of should have been up by more than that. The Knicks would shoot 52% from the field, 67% on their three-pointers in that first period. And the Hawks were just 48% from the field and 29% on their three-pointers. The Hawks would not get it, shoot the ball from deep well in this game. They shot the ball um, 9 of 37, 24%. And it was just not a weapon for them to get back into this. In the second quarter, the Hawks lost two players in that quarter. Cam Reddish was going to contest a shot on the Knicks, and he fell and went down and put his hand down to keep himself up. And when he came up, he was holding his uh, wrist that has been bothering him. He would come out of the game immediately. And then later in the quarter, Bogdan Bogdanovich would go up for a rebound with Clint Capella he would come down on Clint Capella's foot and really roll his right ankle. Um, after the game, the Hawks did an MRI on his ankle, and the information that we got was that Bogdanovich will be out two weeks, and then we'll get an update. We don't even—it's not that Bogdan will be back after that, but that we'll get an update on how he's progressing. So all this depth for the Hawks, and they—you know—lose DeAndre Hunter of course, don't have a Congo to start the season, and now they're down Bogdan Bogdanovich and Cam Reddish. But uh, the Knicks would go on a big run in the middle of the second quarter. It would include a huge OB top and dunk. The Knicks did a really nice job of getting into fast breaks, and that's where this Obi top and dunk came in. I thought one of the problems for the Hawks in this game was they weren't getting easy buckets, and the Knicks were. The Hawks were able to hang in this game and and generate points. But the Knicks were able to get easy points, whether it was at the free throw line or in the fast break. And so every time it felt like the Hawks were getting back into the game, the Knicks would hit a three pointer in transition, or they would get to the free throw line and sort of keep their buffer of points up. But um, the Knicks would build a seven point lead um, at the, in the second quarter, they'd build all the way up to a 10 point lead. And it looks like they were going to halftime with a comfortable lead but the Hawks were able to cut into it. Specifically, Trey Young would go on an 8-0 run at the end of the quarter. Two deep three-pointers and a floater to close the half to bring the Hawks within one point. It would be 50-51 Knicks leading going in at halftime. Again, I feel like the Knicks probably were bummed by only being up one with the way they had played. They played a much better quarter just shooting the ball and um, the Hawks were just able to hang around, especially on the performance of Trey Young. In the third quarter, the Hawks came out even without Bogdan Bogdanovich. Solomon Hill was put into his position, and they came out and they took a lead. They were able to build a lead 61-56 to that came after a Trey Young to John Collins to Clint Capella slam dunk, and from that point on, the Knicks really took control. It actually would be a very close game till about three minutes left, in the third quarter, the offenses really started to open up at, at that point, and the Knicks would go on and they would get a huge hot streak from Alec Burks. He would hit a three-pointer with Trey Young in really good contest position, but then he would go on to hit hit three free throws after TLC fouled Burks on a three-pointer. Um TLC got into his landing zone and that put three free throws on the board for Alec Burks. Then the Knicks were able to find Burks two more times for three-pointers, and the lead for the Knicks ballooned to 11 points. Um, TLC came in. Uh, that's Timothy luau Cabarro, who's a, wing, a deep bench player for the Hawks, a wing player who, who's supposed to hit three-pointers, and he just kind of seemed out of it. He, he plays pretty solid defense, but again, you get a foul – like that, and then you come in. He hit a three-pointer after one of the after that foul after those foul shots. So he kind of got those points back. But really, I did not think that he did a whole lot for the Hawks. Again, he's kind of supposed to be known as a three-and-D guy, but he uh, he he's not hitting his three-pointers right now. And the defense um, comes and goes. But Alec Burks with those twelve straight points would help the Knicks build this eleven-point lead. Randall would. Uh, put a huge exclamation point at the end of the third quarter by taking Danilo Gallinari just straight to the basket and laid it in. So the Hawks would find themselves down 74 to 85 after three quarters. Now the fourth quarter, you know, we we just went through the fourth quarter in Memphis where the Hawks and Grizzlies went back and forth and it was really garbage time the entire period. But the Grizzlies at least made that fun by shooting basket, making baskets, hitting three pointers and forcing uh, Coach McMillan to kind of get on his backup guys, but this game wouldn't even be that fun. The teams would go on to score a combined 30 points in the period. Hucks would score 16 to the 14 from the Knicks, and it was just kind of back and forth. No, no shots were falling. Teams were getting to uh, the free throw line a little bit. There was a huge collision of J.C. and O.B. Toppin, Um John Collins had a huge block on Obi Toppin, and and, uh, he tried to take a charge at another point and just ended up um, blocking Obi Toppin, who got to hit the free throws. Uh, Clint Capella, who had a really good game, would have a monster block on Julius Randle, but the Hawks were never able to get it kind of closer than nine points. The Hawks got it to within um, nine. They got it 86 to 95, but they wouldn't get any closer. That was with five minutes to go and it just felt like the gas had all run out of the tank for the Hawks. The Knicks at that point sort of dribbled the air out of the basketball, and the Hawks weren't really able to hit any of their three-pointers and get anything to fall to close that nine-point gap. Looking at uh, the Hawks, this game certainly starts with Trey Young. He he had 33 points, 10 of 22 shooting. He hit 5 of 10 three-pointers, including a bunch of deep three-pointers. He was 8 of 10 from the free throw line. He did miss a technical free throw. Julius got a technical in the third quarter, and the Hawks were unable to capitalize on that. Um, Four rebounds for Trey, seven assists, and just three turnovers. He was even in the plus-minus. The Hawks were even with Trey Young on the court in a game that they lost by nine points. Clint Capella had a monster game, statistically. 16 points, 22 rebounds, six of those offensive one assist, one steal, three blocks. He was everywhere. The Hawks were really good when he was on the court, and the Knicks really didn't have an answer for him. I will say they had one of their second uh, second team players came in, Sims, and had a nice block on Clint. But for the most part, Capella was able to have his way, and it was kind of just frustrating or um, perplexing to why the Hawks didn't go to Capella a little bit more. He was a huge mismatch for the Knicks and the Hawks. Trey especially was able to find Clint Capella on uh, alley-oops throughout the second half. John Collins would finish with 12 points on four of 10 shooting. He was just one of five on his three-pointers, three of four on the free throws. He had nine rebounds, three assists, a steal. He also had three blocks highlighted by his big block on Obi Toppin. Obi Toppin's just transition dunk was spectacular and then for JC to go up and challenge OB after that one was was really good to see. Kevin Herter, um I'm sure again, I think all the guys look tired, but Herter is going to have to step up with Bogdan and Cam Reddish out. Um herter would finish with eight points on four of thirteen shooting. He was oh of six on his three pointers. And I thought a lot of the Hawks three pointers certainly there's going to be contested three pointers and um teams that scheme to take three pointers away but if the Hawks are getting 37 three-point attempts up, they should be hitting around 14 or 15 of those three-pointers. And um both Gallo and Kevin Herter struggled from that three-point line. Um Herter going 0 of 6, Gallo going 1 of 6. But Herter would finish with two rebounds, two assists, and a steal. Um Bogdan would just play 10 minutes. He was 1 of 4 from the field, did not hit a three-pointer. He had two points. Um... Cam Reddish, one of three from the field. He hit a three-pointer before he had to go out because of the wrist injury. And then Gallo had five points. The bench overall was terrible. The Hawks bench got outscored by the Knicks bench 31-19. to 19. The Hawks bench overall shot six of 30 from the field. That's a cool 30%. Uh, they shot three of 14 from three-point land. It was just not a very good uh, night for anyone on the Hawks bench. And that included Lou Williams, Solomon Hill, Dillon Wright, TLC, Gorgie Ding, nobody came off the bench and was a big spark. Um, Solomon Hill came in and in the third quarter, when the Hawks were trying to get a little bit of the lead before the Knicks really stretched it out, uh, Solomon had a play right under the basket where Trey got him the ball and he was unable to, to convert on that. Just none of the players on the bench were able to come in. And I don't know if they were discombobulated by having Cam and Bogdan go out. And so more minutes and not really knowing that those minutes were coming through those guys off, but it was not a strong performance from anyone on the bench on the Hawks side of the ball for the Knicks, just a huge performance from their starting point guard, Alec Burks, 23 points, seven rebounds, three assists, two steals, four of seven on his three pointers. That flurry at the end of the third quarter was just a backbreaking, a dagger. And he was doing a nice job of getting into the paint and really challenging the Hawks defenders, if it was Trey Young or Lou Williams. Evan Fournier had 20 points, two rebounds, assists, and a steal. He was four of six on the three-pointers, so those two combined to be eight of 13. Um, The Knicks overall would just hit 11 threes, so those guys accounted for the majority of the Knicks three-pointers, and I thought Evan's three-pointers all were super important at just uh, keeping the Knicks in the game especially early on in this one and then at the end of the game keeping the Hawks from cutting into the lead too much. RJ Barrett had one of his really strong games, 15 points, 7 rebounds and assists. He was plus 18 in this one. The Knicks were plus 18 with RJ on the court. I thought the thing he really did well was push the ball up the court. He had a nice possession where he uh, the Hawks, Trey Young thought he got fouled um and was stuck at the end of the end, the other end of the court. The Knicks brought the ball up. Uh, RJ really took on um, John Collins and was able to convert on an and one. And so that was a little bit of a five point swing right there. But he would finish with those 15 points, seven rebounds and assists. And then Ob Toppin had 13 points, two rebounds and two assists highlighted by his monster jam. I'm sure you will see that on replays throughout this year. Uh, Julius Randle had a quiet game, eight points on three of 14 shooting. He did have 11 rebounds and 4 assists, but he had his technical as well. He was really bothered by the officiating. Uh, it all came to a head in that third period when he went and got the technical from the official. It didn't even look like it was a huge confrontation, but he was he went and aggravated the official enough to get the tech. His shot wasn't falling. Again, his shot at the end of the third quarter where he kind of just took Danilo Gallinari right to the basket was very well done and his Best possession of the night. Um, but the Knicks came in and they took care of business. And it, you can say what you want about the Hawks being on the second night of a back to back, the traveling and everything. The Knicks were also coming off the second night of a back to back. And the Hawks just did not shoot the ball well enough. Again, they shot 35% from the field overall. Um, they were 15 of 20 on their free throws. Uh, They only had 18 assists. Again, the assists are going to be a barometer for this Hawks team And the 18 assists. I think the Hawks got enough looks to have that assist be up more in the 25 to 30 range, but they just did not hit the shots to to convert there. The Hawks were outscored in the paint. They were outscored in fast break, 10 to 7. It was just not the best performance from the Hawks. And to have that performance go against the Knicks, whose fans come and are in State Farm Arena, And who there's this little rivalry brewing? I'm sure the Hawks are not going to be pleased with that, and um, they will be looking forward to that Christmas matchup, Christmas Day matchup up in the Garden. So that should be a fun one to watch. Now going forward, like I said, Bogdan Bogdanovich was will be reevaluated in two weeks for his right ankle sprain. Cam Reddish, the good news was that he was not immediately um, ruled out of their game on Wednesday night against the Pacers. So there is some hope that um, Cam will be available for that game. But until those two come back, it's a lot of those minutes is gonna, are going to fall on Solomon Hill and TLC. So it, it's we could see a lot of those guys. DeLon Wright's minutes will increase, I'm sure, Lou Williams. And then Kevin Herter is really going to have to step up. I thought Red Velvet had a little bit of a disappointing game. He's been playing well in that starting lineup. Of course, all the Hawks have been playing well during this seven-game road trip. But now that they've fallen a little bit, had that tough loss to the Knicks, they get a few days off before facing the Pacers in Indiana. But uh, Kevin Herter will be have to be a big part of the Hawks going forward. But tough game. You don't want to lose to the Knicks. Especially frustrating to see the Hawks put up only 90 points. They're too good of an offense to ever really do that. Um, Trey Young, I think the one positive you can take away is Trey did not stop. And he had a really good game. He was kind of keeping the Hawks in it himself at the end of the first half, after his eight point flurry, he said, I got this. That's exactly what you want to see from Trey Young. Um, But the Hawks are going to have a little bit of challenges going into this game against Indiana. Coach McMillan is not going to be coaching from the bench. He's elevating his assistant, Chris Gent, to coach this game because his son, who is on the coaching staff, uh, is in the protocol for COVID. And so, Out of an abundance of caution, Coach McMillan is not also kind of keeping himself away from the team. Um, So this game will be coached by Chris Gent, but it'll be fun to see what the Hawks do with these injuries, uh, what rotations they put out there, and how they go up and play in Indiana. But tough loss again, and the Kettlecast will be here to bring you my analysis of the Hawks playing the Indiana Pacers. Go Hawks! Thank you for catching this episode of the KettleCast. You can reach me at KettleCast at gmail.com. Go Hawks!